1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner. Where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy. Giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEC
2: Welcome into this special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. My partner, James Nouveau, is not with me, but he's with me in spirit. We recorded this interview with Chris Peters of ESPN last week, but news broke of the new Blackhawk structure. So we're pushing this preview till today, two days before the World Junior Championships start on December 25th. Before we get to the interview with Chris Peters, a couple things we want to let you know about. Follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram at Madhouse underscore pod. We're on Facebook at Chi. Check out our merch shop powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports, MadhousePodMerch.com. And of course, if you'd like to order a copy of my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, it's available wherever books are sold. But I do encourage you to support local businesses whenever possible and bookshop.org will help you help local small businesses if you need to order online without further ado let's get to our interview with ESPN's Chris Peters
1: it's time to bring in a guy that I've known for a really long time he and I have connected on Twitter for probably upwards of 10 years by now Um, he is one of if not the best prospects writer just one of the smartest guys I know on the entirety of the interwebs it is Chris Peters he is an ESPN staff writer NHL draft expert prospects analyst he knows it all. Chris, it's great to see you, buddy. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> wow, that was uh, quite quite an intro. I'm doing better after that. Um, so thank you very much, uh, my, my good friend Jim. It's been a long time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and uh, and I'm glad, uh, glad to see you guys. Thanks for a lot for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. I've known Chris since he was writing at the United States of Hockey. I've followed his uh, career through all of that. He Referenced the time in my life when I was known as Jim Naveau professionally. That that uh, that time has passed. I decided that I don't really feel like a Jim. I think that's really a big part of uh, you know adopting that moniker, I guess. So I got rid of it. But we're not going to talk about our you know past and you know writing about the Atlanta Thrashers on Bleacher Report and crap like that. We're here to talk about the upcoming World Junior Championships. And Chris, we wanted to get you on to kind of talk about what's going to be a really unique tournament this year it's going to be a really unique structure a lot of things are obviously going to be different because of the ongoing pandemic if you could for the benefit of our listeners like what's so kind of different I guess about this tournament like what in it's going to be in Edmonton I believe so what's different about it what challenges have they faced what are we what's kind of the lay of the land as we kind of come into this tournament
0: yeah, I mean, I think really everything—everything everything is different, you know. In terms of the World Juniors is such a showcase of, of you know the, the 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 healthy nationalism of of hockey, you know, like the uh, the idea of, of of supporting your country, and and obviously you know just incredible crowds. Usually, uh, there will be no crowd this year. This is going to be very much similar to the NHL bubble that was in Edmonton that we saw for the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, the biggest difference is that you're bringing in, uh, you know. 10 teams total, you know, you've got Canada and the U.S. who are in North America already, but then you've got eight European nations that you had to get to the bubble. And uh, as we know, coronavirus is, is, is everywhere right now and remains, you know, kind of spreading uh, and, and it's kind of tricky. So all these teams had to be in, in quarantine before. Unfortunately, many teams had positive tests and all it takes is one positive test to knock you out of the tournament from December 6th on. Um, and so basically, we're our, we've, we've seen many players, including Lucas Reichel from, from the Blackhawks draft, you know, and, and really unfortunate because he was going to be such a huge part of Germany's entry in this year's tournament. Um, but, but that, you know, every team has, has lost players. Every single team has lost players for, for that purpose uh, because of coronavirus and positive tests. So, um, yeah, but in the bubble, you know, everything outside of, you know, no fans, it will be the same. Um, you know, we've got the same amount of games. We've got the, a very similar schedule with the exception that it's going to start on Christmas day this year because they have, you know, they only have one ice, ice sheet that they can use for games. So, you know, that's going to have two and three games a day there. So, uh, it's nonstop hockey from Christmas day to, to January 5th. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the great tournaments and, and assuming everything goes as planned and nobody has to drop out of the tournament from this point forward, Um, You know, it should look uh, in terms of gameplay uh, the same as any other world junior. junior.
2: Well, Chris, we're going to get to the Blackhawks prospects that are in the tournament that will be playing in the tournament. But you mentioned Lucas Reichel, Drew Camesso, another guy uh, Mm that the Hawks drafted that will miss the tournament because of a COVID outbreak at Boston University. What is the I I guess fear is the wrong word, but how much does it set these prospects back missing a tournament uh, this high profile, this high level of competition Does it, I don't know if it would stunt development necessarily, but it's definitely a a detriment to miss out on a tournament of this size. Wouldn't you say?
0: Well, I think so. You miss out on the experience, but you know, I I wouldn't, I I, I try not to read too much into it in terms of the development aspects. I mean, it certainly helps to play high level hockey, but it's more of a measuring stick than it is an opportunity to open up your game. I think it's a confidence builder. It's things like that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a two week tournament. You're not going to – it's not as valuable as the season as a whole and progressing throughout the season. So um, it it is an opportunity to play some of the fastest-paced hockey. I mean, really, outside of the NHL, and I'm including the AHL, world – you know, KHL, every other professional league, the pace of the World Junior Championship is the most – what most closely mimics NHL pace. Um, And and so that is is one thing that you miss, that little bit of experience to say – wow, this is a lot faster than, you know, my college league. This is a lot faster than junior. Um, and, and so making decisions and learning how to make plays under pressure and obviously being on a big stage, that's the other element that, that players do miss is that there are few stages that, that are as big as the world juniors outside of the NHL. Um, and, and, and that's, that's one of the because of this. It's
1: obviously a huge bummer not to see Camesso, and I know Alex Vlasic was also unable to – participate in the tournament because of the outbreak at BU. I did want to ask you, Chris, about the one Blackhawk who did manage to make the Team USA roster, and that's Landon Slaggart from Notre Dame. I know that Jay, I'm shocked, doesn't have a bunch of Notre Dame stuff waving around in his (laughs) uh, man cave down there. Um, Chris, I just was kind of looking to you to uh, answer the question. I'm obviously not as steeped in the junior ranks as you are. I'm just going to cite you and say that you're the best. (laughs) <laughs> I, I wanted to know, uh, what role do you kind of envision Landon playing for Team USA, and what should Blackhawks fans be looking for as he hits the ice for the Americans?
0: Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're so loaded in their top nine, uh, you know, down the wing and down the middle, that, you know, it's very likely that Landon is going to be a fourth-line player on this team. Um, you know, he, he is, uh, has a high motor you know, he can grind it out, you know, he's not as skilled as many of the players on this U.S. team, but that's, you know, it's a very high bar this year, I mean, higher than it normally is, but you you have a guy like Slaggart, who I knew the coaching staff liked anyway, <coughs> excuse me, um, and whether or not, you know, they didn't have to cut any forwards because of COVID positives knocked two other forwards out, so Slaggart was in uh, regardless. But, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that plays with such a high motor that he's going to give challenges to opposing defenses on the four check. He's going to be a guy that is reliable in his own zone. Um, you know, will he play as much as, as some of the other guys? Probably not. But I mean, if you can get, you know, 10 11 minutes out of your fourth line in a tournament like this, where you want to roll four lines as, as much as possible, that, be, that becomes much more uh, important. And I think the U S teams over the years that have had a solid fourth line, and it's not always the most skilled guys, But, you know, when they have a hardworking line like that, um, and this isn't to say that Landon Slagert's a a grinder for the rest of his life. It's just in this tournament, that's the role that he's going to be asked to play. Um, And he's looked great at Notre Dame so far. He plays with great pace. um, and, And that work ethic, I think, is really what attracted Team USA to bringing him in to this tournament uh, where there are, you know, he's an 18 year old where there are so many more guys that are 19 years old uh, that'll be on this roster. So it, it says a lot that he made the team at this point in his career.
2: Well, Chris, before we get to big number 77, who we're all very familiar with uh, from his season with the Blackhawks, I want to talk about the other two players in the tournament, both for the Czech Republic, Michael Tepley and Michael Krutel. I think I'm saying that last name, right? Krutel or Krutil. I couldn't find a pronunciation online. That's outrageous. Yeah, it's
0: it's all good. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out when he gets to North America, right? Yeah. So. What what should
2: Hawks fans be uh, looking for when they watch the Czech Republic take the ice from these two Blackhawks prospects?
0: Yeah, well, I think Teply in particular is going to be a huge part of of what the Czech Republic's able to do in this tournament, and he's going to play a substantial role on that team. It's not a it's not a a, a very deep team. It's not a team that has a lot of. Uh, metal hopes by any stretch of the imagination. I think that they, they're going to have to rely on outstanding goaltending and, and hope that they get lucky a little bit. Um, but, you know, Tepli in particular, he had a great season in the WHL last year. I think that he, he really kind of stepped out in terms of his offensive game. Um, so he's going to be a top six guy probably in, in all likelihood for the Czech Republic. Um, as far as Krutil goes, I you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily certain they have a lot of defensemen that they brought with them they actually brought an expanded roster so you know he still has to make the cut to to get into the tournament i think more than likely he does um uh but yeah so i mean it's going to be interesting to kind of see where those guys end up uh but i mean Tepley for sure is going to be a guy that, that can make uh
2: make an impact more of our interview with chris peters of espn coming up next on the madhouse chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is made possible by our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street. They're family owned and operated since 1933. You've heard us talking about Marishka since day one of the Madhouse Podcast, and with good reason, some of the best food you will ever have. Go visit our friends in Crest Hill. Try the world-famous poor boy, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, the double-baked potato, the mountain of onion rings, everything you taste at Marishka's will have you coming back. Again and again. Visit their website Marishkas.com or their Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H K-A-S. Close only on Christmas Easter the Fourth of July and Thanksgiving. Go visit our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill. The Manhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop. And frythecoop.com locations in Oakland, Elmhurst, Westtown, and coming soon to Prospect Heights. Go try some of the best Nashville hot chicken, not only in Chicagoland but on the planet. Get yourself the chicken tenders, the donut chicken sandwich, the mac and cheese. Everything you taste at Fry the Coop is fresh. Everything you taste at Fry the Coop is amazing. The best hot chicken. I've ever had, and I am a connoisseur. So go visit our friends in Oaklawn, Elmhurst, West Town, and coming soon to Prospect Heights. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. Place your order online at frythecoop.com and grab your food from the pickup window. It's safe, it's easy, it's fast. Fry the Coop, frythecoop.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch is an all-natural, handmade-in-the-USA soap, hair care, cologne, beard oil, just general wellness company. You're going to want to check out DrSquatch.com at the top right corner of the page there. You'll take that Squatch quiz. Once you're ready to check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE20 and you'll save 20% on your order and help the podcast at the same time. What do we recommend? Well, that's very easy. My favorite is the Cool Fresh Aloe Soap. The Cold Brew Cleanse has become a favorite as well. The Pine Tower is the flagship soap for Dr. Squatch, but really that Squatch quiz will tell you everything you need to know about joining us here at Squatch Nation. Get yourself some thick bricks at DrSquatch.com and don't forget that pro- Promo code Madhouse20. Welcome back in. Our interview with ESPN's Chris Peters continues now on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. All right, we just have
1: we have to bring him up now. We have to talk about Kirby Doc. Obviously, a lot of buzz surrounding him going into the tournament, especially with how well he was playing down the stretch and into the postseason with the Blackhawks. Obviously, we've seen what Kirby Doc is capable of doing. We've seen a lot of the things that the Blackhawks saw in him when they drafted him third overall. How excited are you to see him perform on this stage? And I, I guess I just have to ask, how am I supposed to go into this and not just think, ah, he's going to dominate everybody because he's obviously, you know, been in the NHL for a season, has developed, it looks like, really well. How dominant do you think he could be or should I maybe temper my expectations a little bit?
0: Um, well, as an American, I don't think he should be there. He shouldn't be allowed to play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, you know, I, I think, I think, you know any any amount of tempering that could have been done was should have been abandoned in the second that he took the ice with the Canadian roster, and was just by far the most dominant player there. He was one of the most dominant players in their camp last year, and I thought you know they, they were very hopeful that they were going to have him at last year's tournament. Obviously, they still won without him, uh, but you know you you put a guy like him into the into the group, and and all of a sudden it, it really changes the dynamic of your team. So to have a number one center that's had a full NHL season under his belt. And then and we saw him in the bubble. He, he was a better player in the bubble than he was at any point during the season last year. And so he, he has continually progressed. He developed at a rate much faster. I didn't think he was NHL ready last season. I thought that the, that they were rushing him a little bit. I thought it could get swallowed up, especially after the injury. I think, you know, he definitely deserved the opportunity to play some games at the beginning of the season, but once he got injured and didn't play at the beginning of the season, I was like, you know, just send him back to junior, let him sit there and, you know, dominate next season. But clearly, you know, he's, he's one of the players that has proved that you can develop and at the NHL level, it's not easy to do, um, but he did it. And he, he continued, you know, the, the, the layoff allowed him to get stronger. And we saw him on pucks. I mean, the the thing that, that that fascinated me about how good he was for for the Blackhawks in the bubble was how quickly he was on pucks, how many times, how many times he was contesting, you know, the, the, the opposing defense uh, trying to get out of their zone. The amount of times that he was around the puck, just period. Um, and, and I think we saw improvement in his skating. Think, you know, I think he kind of uh, – he didn't necessarily gain a step, but I thought he, there was a little bit more explosiveness because he got stronger. Um, so, you know, for me, he is he is very far advanced developmentally compared to most of the players in this tournament. And you look at, you know, the Rangers didn't release Lafreniere or, or Kako. The Devils didn't release Jack Hughes. You know, the, the Blackhawks are taking a certain amount of risk by, by releasing Kirby Dock into this tournament because there is the potential for injury. We're talking high-intensity games. Uh, Lafreniere got hurt mid-tournament last year, but, you know, was able to finish the tournament. Barrett Hayton separated his shoulder, was out for a period of time at the end of last year's tournament, he was the most NHL-experienced guy. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. You, so you look at it from an asset management standpoint, but there's no question in my mind from a development standpoint you got an opportunity to have him flying into the NHL season, um, if assuming that he plays as well as we think he can in this tournament. But, yeah, I mean, on paper, Canada's the best team in the tournament, and a lot of it has to do with Kirby Doc being their number one center.
2: You mentioned developing on the fly, and this is not a question I planned on asking you, but you brought us there with Doc's development happening in the NHL. We saw another big Hawks prospect in Adam Boquist, I don't want to say take a step backwards, but just sort of leveled off. He was called up early in the season, got top pairing minutes, and just did not seem to take that next step in his development. Uh, I don't know how often you just focus on the Blackhawks. They're really not a big reason to last year. But anything in Boquist development concern you at this point, or is this just sort of uh, the different trajectory that a defenseman experiences versus a forward?
0: Yeah. I think part of it is just that different trajectory. You know, I think it's way harder for a defenseman to develop on the fly than it is for a forward, because you can hide the forwards a little bit more. You can, you can protect their minutes more. And I think you can with a defenseman to a certain extent, but they're still going to have to play, you know, those, those regular shifts and, and, you know, you're, if you want a guy in the power play, he's going to play some, some significant minutes. And, and I did watch the Blackhawks quite a bit last season because of the young guys in, in the roster and, 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 the guys that I, you know, trying to see, you know, if they could develop. And I think that for, for Boquist in particular, I've always been kind of interested in, in, in the decision to send him to junior um, after, you know, instead of playing professionally in Sweden where I think things were going pretty well for him. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with that getting a guy used to North American ice, especially since that was something that Boquist knew he needed to work on. And that was something that was very clear at the beginning even when he was like at world junior camps and I would talk to him, he's like, you know, the smaller ice is, it's a different game. I'm trying to, you know, trying to get that. So he needed that. Um, And then, you know, I, I think based on Chicago's depth at on D they had to use him. Um, And I don't think that he was ready, you know, and I don't think that he was going to be ready. Um, He is a very skilled player who needs to get stronger and needs to, you know, kind of work on his, 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 his overall game. Um, and that's really difficult to do when you're at the NHL level. And, and so much is expected of you.
2: Earlier this uh, off season, when Stan Bowman joined us on his 75 podcast media tour, um, <laughs> he mentioned to us that he thought going into last season that Ian Mitchell was ahead of Adam Boquist in terms of development. Ian Mitchell now is signed with the Blackhawks. He's expected to sort of come in and contribute right away. Uh, what can you tell us about Ian Mitchell's prospects uh, in the NHL, and what should we expect, I guess, right out of the box for him?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's really going to depend on how how he handled this offseason, this long layoff, and I think that's, that's going to be the same across the board. Every single prospect, yeah. we just don't know because we haven't seen them play. We haven't seen what they've been doing a- away from – Uh, away from the ice but what I can tell you is that that Ian Mitchell took full advantage of that extra year of college because he could have come out after his sophomore season He could have come out after his freshman season with how well he played but he took advantage of those extra years of development he got stronger his skating is is is, uh, improved from his when he was a freshman Um, his offensive game is expanded I think he's a really smart Fluid player, you know he had the opportunity to play in the World Junior Championship with Canada a couple years ago. So he's had all these different experiences and and won a national championship as well. So I mean, there's all these different things that he's been able to experience as a uh, a young player that is going to help him in his development. And I think that he was he was physically more advanced than Adam Boquist. He he understood the game better than Adam Boquist. He has a you know the hockey sense is higher and Adam Boquest has more skill and he has a better shot. He has, you know, he has those hand skills and everything, but in terms of hockey IQ, that's where Mitchell has really separated himself from the rest of the D prospects in the Blackhawks system at the, at this point. So that's, that's where I could see him coming into the NHL roster, assuming that he did everything he needed to do to get his body ready for an NHL season. um, He's going to have an opportunity to play a, a decent role. You know, he still has to make that adjustment, the leap from college to pro, Is difficult, but the best four rookie defensemen last season were all college hockey players who easily made that transition. I see no reason why Ian Mitchell can't be just like John Marino, Adam Fox, Quinn Hughes, and Kale McCarr. Now, not that combined McCarr and Hughes, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, all of them together. But but in terms of making the transition easily as those players did, I think college defensemen, in particular, especially when they've spent two to three years in college are entering NHL rosters far more prepared than their junior counterparts.
1: Well, that obviously, that makes me, you know, fills me with glee now knowing that he's going to be better than those four guys. That's going to be great. Okay, easy, easy. I don't want to get
0: radio here. That'd be bad.
1: <laughs> um, Chris, I do want to turn back to the tournament a little bit. And obviously we've been talking a lot about prospects that are in the Blackhawks system. Now uh, I, I know I'm curious. I'm sure Jay's curious about prospects that we're going to see in this tournament that we could see coming into NHL organizations, specifically the Blackhawks next season. Are there a couple of guys that you're kind of looking at right now to kind of see if they can make a big statement on this stage and potentially, uh, you know, make their way into the NHL, I would suppose, like make their way into an organization next season?
0: Yeah, I think there are, there are more this year than there normally would be because we, we didn't have the beginning of the NHL season where it's like, you know, Quinton Byfield didn't have the opportunity to play for the Kings and maybe get you know those 10 games in or whatever before they decided to send him back to Junior. So he's one guy that I think absolutely could. Tim Stutzla, who plays for Germany, I, I fully expect him to, to play for Germany and then probably go to, to Ottawa's camp right after that um, and maybe get in there. Um, You know, and then as far as next season goes, you've got, you know, the Swedes, Lucas Raymond, Alexander Holtz. Um, So those are the types of players that we're going to see in this tournament that very easily could be if not into this season, next season. Um, on the U S they're going to have uh, Trevor egress and Alex Turcott and Alex Turcott, a local kid in, in the Chicago area. And he's, you know, he had a, a bit of a disappointing world junior last year, had a disappointing season overall. So he's trying to rebuild. And if he has a big world junior, that might make a statement to the Kings. Like, Hey, give me a, give me a closer look. Same with Arthur Kaliev, who is uh, also for team USA very well could be an invite to Kings camp after the world junior championship. Um And then Zegers was the, one of the leading scorers of the tournament last year, had, uh, I believe, nine primary assists in last year's tournament um, and is a, an absolute wizard with the puck. Very well could make the Anaheim Ducks roster coming out of this tournament. He's been training with them for the last three months. So those are some of the names to keep an eye on um, in terms of, you know, guys that are are more short term. Uh, in the NHL but I mean this is going to be one of the deepest world juniors in terms of talent Uh, even though we've lost players because of positive coronavirus tests unfortunately um, there are so many talented players um, in here Yaroslav Vaskarov from Russia Vasily Podkolzin. the Russian team should be really good the Swedes should be challenging Uh, you know the U.S. and Canada probably have two of the best forward groups on paper so it's really uh it's really gonna be a fascinating tournament just in terms of the sheer number of prospects as as there often is, but there should be more because they're not you know beholden to NHL teams right now.
2: Chris Peters, ESPN, thank you so much for joining us on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We appreciate your time.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. It was great to be with you.
2: That was Chris Peters of ESPN. He is their draft, he is their prospect expert. Great follow on Twitter. Follow him at Chris M Peters. Couldn't be easier, just throw that M in there and you're all set to go. All right, another year in the books. This is our last podcast of 2020. Oh, that year sucked. Let's hope 2021 is better, but I want to send a sincere thanks uh, on behalf of my partner, James Naveau to all of our listeners for their support, uh, everyone who supported me in selling my book. I'm overwhelmed by how well the book is doing and frankly, how well this podcast and the I'm Fat podcast are doing Uh, If you're a fan of me and of James and of the podcast and of the book, we greatly appreciate it. We could not do this literally uh, without your help, without your support. And I know it's been a real drag to be a hockey fan over the last nine months or so, but uh, hockey's close and soon we'll be previewing the 2021 NHL season. We'll have some real games to talk about. Can't wait. Have a safe, healthy, and happy new year. Join us in 2021 on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marischka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by
1: Fry the Coop.
2: Hardy's invites you to creamy, zesty, fiery, hand-breaded bliss. Join us for hand-breaded chicken tenders dipped in new fiery sauce. Only at Hardy's.
0: Feed you're happy. Available for a limited time at participating Hardy's restaurants. Price and participation may vary.
1: London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner. Where Open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy. Giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEC. Open makes more possible.